morning. We're going to uh, we're going to minister the word this morning here in River Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So thank you for tuning in to us today. We are the uh, in the weekend before Christmas. And so I have promised to find and to originate a Christmas message. And everybody here knows that that's not my forte. But in Psalm 77, let's look at that. Are y'all ready for the word? Yes. Praise God. It's going to inspire you. It's going to quicken you, make you alive. It's going to change your future. We'll minister for a while, and it may be that you just needed 30 seconds of it, and all the rest of it was just the fog that went by. But somebody else may needed a different 30 seconds, so we're just going to minister the word. I'll... We've been teaching on faith, and there's some attributes about faith that help us, not just to say faith cometh by hearing or uh, those sort of things. We've got to break it down to where we all live. And one thing about faith is faith knows the end of a thing. You never know what God's going to do. It's just not true. Faith knows the end of a thing, or it's not faith. There's no such thing as blind faith. There's no such thing as silent prayers. Oh, I'm just thinking of this. Uh, the manifestation of our faith just declares what was already known. We already knew. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't God's in control and he knows what we need more than we know what we need. Well, we just get in the word and we find out what we need. And so we believe him for it. And we said the other night that faith is simply, simply believing God's word. Well, I believe God's word. We have to believe it more than you believe what you can receive from your sense, senses, what you see, what you touch, what you hear, what you feel, what you taste, and then your experiences, your memories, your traditions. Faith has to, uh, excuse me, the word has to have the preeminence over that. And when it does, we're in faith. Faith is knowing that the will of God is the beginning of a thing. Anything in your life, faith is knowing the will of God. That's where it begins. So there's no need in just jumping up and saying, I, I'm in faith about this, but you don't know the will of God. You're not in faith about that. You're hoping and a praying. And y'all know how that goes. Hallelujah. We're always a hoping and a praying. So faith is knowing that the will of God is the beginning of a thing. But I've noticed that faith rarely, if ever, knows the path from knowing the will of God to having the will of God or driving it or touching it or spending it, whatever your faith was in. Faith rarely knows the path from the beginning to the end. Would you all agree with me yes. that that it's clear and plain what the will of God is? It's in his word and it's clear and plain that it declares the end from the beginning. By stripes, ye were healed. It declares the end. You go, I don't feel healed. Well, it, he's declaring the end of a thing from the beginning. But the thing that gets people off and that we all ha are challenged by is knowing what he's going to do from the beginning to the end. How is this going to happen? 
And we've been talking about Abraham staggering not at the promises of God through unbelief. Staggering not. Well, you can be staggered by the promises, and it's a little bit of comfort if you know how God's going to do it. If he pulls back the curtain and says, this is how I'm going to do it. And you go, oh, God, I didn't know about that. He said, yeah, that's how I'm going to do it. And you go, well, then I believe. Well, he doesn't want us to believe because we know the path. He wants us to believe because we know the word. We believe the word without having seen or known. And even, even if you've believed God, and we all have for a particular area, it doesn't mean he's going to do it the same way again. It's like, well, this is how he did it last time I believed him for it. Well, it doesn't mean he's going to do it that way at all. Have you ever been surprised by his goodness? <laughs> it's like, how did that happen? I never would have guessed. And that, that is the interesting thing. But the cool thing about the word is that wisdom knows the path. Wisdom knows the path, but, but uh, the word doesn't tell us the path. It says, I'll supply all of your need. According to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You go, well, Lord, what does that mean? Well, you don't have to know what that means. You just have to know that's what he wants. And you can engage by faith. I believe that word. And I know the end of a thing. I know how this is going to turn out. How's it going to turn out? My needs are supplied. My body is healed. The, this thing worked out. Well, how do you know that? What, what's the path? I don't know the path. That's hidden in the wisdom of God. Amen? Does that tell the truth? Well, in Psalm 77, verse 19, we're going to look at some things that demonstrate this because it'll just help us to know how it works. We're not going to be wondering about some things that are doctrinal in vain. We're going to just say, that's not my job. It says in verse 19, the way, this is talking about the exodus in the Red Sea, the way is in the sea and thy pathway in the great waters and thy footsteps are not known. Well, that doesn't say much, but uh, let's look at it in the living. It says your road. I love this. You, you ought to have this in your margin because it's just so powerful. Your, your road led by a pathway through the sea. Here it is. A pathway nobody knew was there. You ought to have that in your Bible somewhere. The living version. This is uh, uh, your road led by a pathway through the sea. A pathway nobody knew was there. So the Lord told uh, Moses, raise your staff. And suddenly the pathway was seen that nobody knew was there. That's exactly what we have to do with everything we're doing. The Amplified, I looked, at, I looked at gazillions of versions, but the living is the best. The Amplified says, your way in delivering your people was through the sea. Now, that's novel right there because he could have had angels come down and whoop the Egyptians. He could have had all their chariot wheels fall off uh, 14 miles way back. He could have struck them with locusts or bees or... You know, whatever. But this, he, he says, your way in delivering your people was through the sea and your paths through the great waters, yet your footsteps were not traceable. And that's what I want to look at. Your footsteps, the way you did it was a surprise to all of us. But we knew you would. 
We knew. How did we know? Because your word said you would, and we believed your word. Without having any evidence, any wisdom about how this could happen. Matter of fact, I think sometimes we mess up figuring it out, so-called figure it out. I know how God's going to do this. Uncle Jack's going to include me in his will, and he's been feeling poorly lately. Ah, probably, probably Uncle Jack doesn't have you in his will, and he's going to live another hundred years. <laughs> Just because you thought you knew it and you were wishing something negative about Uncle Jack. Uh, let's turn to Romans chapter 8. So here we see God's wisdom being displayed. Now, when do you think God put that pathway under the sea? Well, you could say way back, like in the beginning, like and you go, well, how many years? Well, it, it could be like 3000 years or 10,000 years. Whenever when all this was coming about, the Lord said, I'm going to need a pathway under the sea. And, you know, geographically, I saw it in, in uh, National Geographic one time. And, it, and of course, they were saying that the Red Sea, they crossed it because there wasn't much water it was just ankle deep and the wind blew and all that stuff all that garbage but what they did say is they had a photograph an aerial photograph that uh, had come in and they showed a ridge across the red sea at some part they showed a high place that was consistently level that went from one end of the lake to the other now i'm, I'm butchering that i'm sure i'm sure it's different than that a little bit but the they were marveling that, that there was there was this thing that shouldn't have been there. Well, thank you, Lord Jesus. He put it in there before we had need of it. And I want to just remind you that there's things in place. Now, listen, there's things in place for your life. The Lord is waiting on you and I to pull the faith trigger to believe his word so he can show us the pathway through the sea for our own life. That's already there. Already people put into your life. Uh, already people connected to you. I, I've told you about uh, this, uh, this situation where someone I met 27 years ago has found me and I found them and yay. They've just said, let's, let's sow into River Church. How, 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 could the, how could something 27 years ago affect today? Ah, he's, he's the wisdom of God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, I am going to get Christmas into this. Hang on. <laughs> and we know that all things work together. Work together. That's the word I'm looking for. Work together for good. And then it qualifies it to who it is for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And then, but we have to look up in verse 26 to get this verse into my life, to your life you got to see what the conditions are. In verse 26, it says, The Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered." So we know here the reason that the, all things work together for good is because we prayed out the plan. And that's just so inspired me over the years that I've just, I've just known the way to get the will of God into my life is to pray out the plan. Amen. It's hidden to me. I don't know what it is, but if I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, it doesn't matter because I don't understand tongues anyway. I don't understand the interpretation of them unless he gives that. So I'm praying by faith anyway in an unknown tongue. 
And that way, the Lord takes that word, which he understands, which is the wisdom of God, and he has a, 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 he has a impetus, he has a vehicle, which he has to have in the earth with words to carry out the will of God that's hidden in his word. I believe his word, I pray out the plan, and suddenly the plan shows up. The plan that he's already funded, already constructed, already laid out the, the grid for, all of a sudden he just pulls back the Red Sea, and golly gee, there was a way through. Who would have thought? Exactly. So it says all things work together for good. The word work together, we've looked at this before, it's a word partner. God partners with you, partners with me. It, the word is also translated in one place, corporate help. That God backs his word up with help. I think it's Psalm 89 that says, he lays help on him who is mighty. Well, who's the mighty man? It's the man that believes. It's the woman that says, I don't see it, I don't feel it, I don't hear it, but I believe it. Matter of fact, we sang this song this morning. Even when I don't feel it, feel that you're working, you're working. Even when I don't see it, that you're working, you're working. There it is right there. We just say, ah, everything is turning out amazing and everything that's not amazing is still turning. We, we never say, well, I don't feel anything. Therefore, don't, don't go there. The, the therefore is dangerous right after that. It's, it's fraught with unbelief that God, that you can measure anything in the supernatural with your feelings, with your thinking, your cognitive thing. It's just, they're just so not connected. Yay. So uh, the Amplified says all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good. God is fitting. What, what is he fitting? He's fitting his word into a manifestation. He's my God supplies all my needs. He's working that. He's, what does it say? Work together and are fitting. He's working it out behind the scenes into a plan for good. Well, who is that doing that? It's the wisdom of God. And Jesus, you know, is, has been made unto us wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says he's been made unto us redemption and righteousness and uh, wisdom. Praise God. The message translation says, we can be so sure that every detail in our lives is worked into something good. I took out a little phrase there, but so it'd be clear. We can be so sure that every detail in our lives is worked into something good. But it's not magic. It's not like, ah, da, da. I just do it. It just appears because you have need. Moses had to raise his rod. Then they had to say, that's a way out, I suppose, but what about the Egyptians coming in after us? What if the water comes in on us? It wasn't like, well, this is a slam dunk. There was still risk or faith that God had done it and God would keep it. Well, that's the same thing with you and me. We, we have all sorts of things where... Uh, the Lord will tell you, I've had him tell me many times over these many years, he said, give in this offering, give $100 in this offering. And you go, Lord, I already give, give this into this offering or give this watch or give this whatever, give it. 
And then you later find out that the thing that you really need, you, you can give what you have to get what you do not have. And so all of a sudden the harvest is just m amazing, but you gave specifically according to the wisdom of God. You go, well, God could have just brought it without that. That's not how it works. He works through things that we understand and know because we're still on the earth. We're in these bodies. So praise God. The Moffat says that, uh, that those who love God have his aid and interest in everything. How about that? He never, he never stops working. Isn't that what the song said? I, he never stops working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. The passion, you knew we'd get to that, it says, We are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of what, Lord? Of bringing good into our lives. So he's, 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 got, the, he's got his finger on the, the go button all the time saying, good, good, more good, good. He never takes his finger off the good button and says, it's time for a little straightening up here. Let's hit the bad button or the we don't care button or, you know, the devil's after you button. He's got his finger on the good for you button. And it says is continually woven together. So people, so sometimes, for instance, you could have someone that you don't really want to be friends with them. It's like, I'll have to I'll have to ask them over for dinner. I'll have to call them. I have to send them a Christmas card. But Holy Ghost is, you know, it's just not you. They don't fish like you do or they don't whatever. And you go, what's this, Lord? Call them, make relationship with them, be friends. This is this is going to turn out. It's going to weave together continually to fit into God's perfect plan. So we don't even get to choose our best buds and like, oh, I, I feel it with you and you're you do for me and you understand me. Sometimes not so much. So we like, OK, I don't really care for you. I don't even I don't you would be nobody that I'd ever pick. But here we are running down the running the race together. You, you go, why would God do that? Ah, it's his wisdom. He sent someone to intervene, intersect in your life that'll carry out what you believed about his word in faith. To get to an end, there's people and things and events involved. Let's turn to Romans chapter 11. It's right there. Go east a page or two. Ah, I... I was able to look this verse up because of the last line in it. I always just remembered that. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom, oh, here it is, and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, and here's what I remembered, and his ways past finding out. His ways past finding out. So that's the part that's hidden. Well, you never know what God's going to do. Sure you do. We know the will of God. If you don't know the will of God, then you're not paying attention when you read the word of God or you're not reading the word of God. Could I have a better amen on that one? Yeah. So that's not the secret. You never know what God's going to do. And God works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. It may be mysterious in how he does it, but it's not mysterious 
what he's going to do. We know the word, the will of God, and we know how it's going to turn out. We know how it's going to turn out. We just don't. We, you know, I've messed up my life several times, not messed it up, but get entangled by helping God. Ask Abraham how that worked out. Right. <laughs> He's going, strike three, you're out, boy. <laughs> uh, so I've helped him many times. He's told me things that he was going to do, and I figured out how he was going to do it. And so I engaged my life into that plan, and it wasn't it. I was on the left side of the road when he was on the right side of the road, et cetera, et cetera. The... Uh, uh, it says, and his judgment, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. The Amplified says, and how untraceable, mysterious, and undiscoverable are his ways, his methods, his paths. So we're not talking about God works in mysterious ways being our life that we some guy sometimes God just chooses for you to be rich and sometimes he chooses you to be poor he chooses you to have a gimpy knee and other people he says you can run that's not it that's not what we're talking about we're talking about when you and I engage the will of God and there's an expected end an expected end my God shall supply where there's an expected end my need is supplied we just don't know how it is in the middle we know seed time and harvest is involved. We know, but we don't know how it is. And so that's a part of faith is being patient, saying his wisdom's got this. My wisdom, not so much, but his wisdom has got this. And I engage his wisdom by believing his word, putting in the promises. Hallelujah. So our lives are built around knowing the will of God, knowing the will of God and having it now. Knowing the will of God and having the will of God now. Our lives are built around that I believe I receive when I pray. So it's not like, well, I, I believe the word, but you just never know when. You, I'm waiting on the manifestation. That's a good way to say it. I'm waiting on the manifestation. That is not faith. Because faith says, I got it. I got this. It's done. D-O-N-E. It's done. Well, where is it? The wisdom of God's got this, and I am confident that all things are working together for my good. He is weaving it together, but I, and I know that, so it doesn't matter. You know, if you order something on Amazon or something, and they say, click, your order's being shipped. We, we, we uh, zipped your card, and the order's being sent. But there's a little period of time there before Mr. UPS shows up. You don't have money or the thing. Right. <laughs> why, why are we not just railed about that? Because we trust that I have it. You'll go in there and tell her, we got this. Well, where is it? It's coming, but we got it. It's as good as done make plans about where this thing fits and the next step and stage, we got this, it's done. Well, if we can do that with UPS and a, and a clicky-clicky on the computer, how much more can we believe it's done, I've got it, it's over, I have it now, 
It's finished. It's complete. It's done. Hallelujah. Don't you just love this? Don't you just love how good God is and how he's got stuff figured out? It's even better than we thought. We would have designed an inferior system for our lives. And God said, I can do better than that. And so he did. So my, my little thing to me, Michael, is stay in your lane and do your job, Michael. Stay in your lane and do your job. His job, my job, is to pursue... No, let's say it this way. The how is his job. The believing is my job. And if I get over on the how part of it, I've gotten out of my lane and I'm trying to do his job. My job is to believe and then to pray it out, uh, to, to cooperate, to, you know, I believed I received when I prayed. And then he says, give a hundred or go over there and buy them dinner or whatever, whatever. And you go, what's this all about? What's it related to? I don't get the connection. My job is just to believe and follow it. His job is to work it out. His job is the wisdom of God. And if I do his job, if I pursue his job, guess what? Guess what? I neglect my job. Because it invariably doesn't turn out either on your timing or the way you thought. And so we unhook from it's coming. I've got it. It's mine. We go, well, maybe it's not mine or maybe it's it's I did something and I disqualified or maybe it wasn't the will. of You just get off into this stuff when you get out of your lane. And my lane is just say, I believe I received when I prayed. What things soever I desired. I've got them. I've got them. And then the wisdom of God just says, watch this. You're going to be amazed. The Red Sea's going to open, and y'all are going to walk across there, and the last little sheep is going to get up on the other side, and, and, and all of a sudden the army's going to come through, and it's like, oh, no, they're after us. Well, God didn't deliver you from them to give you back to them, and all of a sudden the water comes in. You go, that's cool. It's no more cool than what he's wanting to do in your life and my life all the time. Isn't that good? Red Sea experience all the time. Like the Lord would look at you and say, what's this? <laughs> what's this? It's like, oh, I'll testify about that. Yeah, you should because everybody else needs to know what's this. Hallelujah. So faith believes the word with no understanding about the how. If you can't unhook from the how, you can't believe the word. That's not your job. You have no credentials. You have no framework. You have no uh, foundation for doing that. That's Jesus' job. Our job is to cooperate. And when he says turn left, we, we turn left. But we sure don't know what's left. We don't say, oh, turn left. Why did I not think of that? That's where it's going to be. No, there's another turn right and a go straight still left in there. So he's just good like that. So here I put this down in my notes. I said the greatest attribute on the earth, the greatest attribute that you can have in your life as a believer is to believe the word. Would you all agree with that? Like, I'm going to, I'll give and I'll, I'll suffer and I'll, I'll, no. 
None of that suffering and giving to the poor and that charity and that doing without. Well, we're just doing without in order to do. God is not impressed. Your greatest attribute is simply, and if we knew this, wouldn't believe this, we would do this, is to believe the word. And the least attribute that you and I can have, listen, is to strategize the word. Believing, powerful. Won't get any more powerful than that. The least thing you can do is strategize it. Well, I know how he's going to do that. Well, you've already messed it up. Now, now, just to keep you from thinking you know something and messing you up, the Lord's got to go around the mountain a different way or something. I don't know exactly how that works, but that's how I'd work it. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 2, would you turn that? I'm going to get into a Jesus message here. <laughs> oh, Y'all, the word is so fun. The kingdom is such a blast. People are just the best thing he's ever created. Really, it's people. You know what it is. They say the, the, the hardest thing about having church is having the people. <laughs> That's a kind of a preacher thing. If it wasn't for the people, we'd have great church. <laughs> yeah. The other thing they say is kinfolks in your church, if you're like I am, the pastor, Kinfolks are the best in life and the worst in life. They can be there when nobody else will be there, but if they ever turn on you, they'll take you under the water. Hallelujah. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying it's people. If you don't love people, then you don't love the things of the kingdom because that is the kingdom, is people. And just while I'm there, I'll just graze over onto this thing. Prosperity and healing and well-being and uh, uh, success and prosperity and everything that we would say is worthy of pursuit is in place simply and only and exclusively to make you and I take care of people. There's nothing else going on. Well, the Lord cares about you and he's going to. Yeah. So that you'll take care of others. He, he heals us so we can yeah, be healers. So there's nothing else going on. If you don't think people are in your equation, your life equation, then you're going down the wrong track. And your motive will be wrong and your pursuit will be uh, jaded and you won't, get, you won't ever get there. It's people. Yay. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. We love this scripture. Uh, 1 Corinthians, excuse me. I didn't know how we were going to make that verse work. Okay, let's go, uh, let's go up to verse, verse 5. We could, we could start. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. My faith should not stand or exist in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. How be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect or mature, yet not the wisdom of this world. So that tells us there's two kinds of wisdom. Not of the, not yet, uh, excuse me, not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. So the world's wisdom comes to naught, doesn't it? But, the contrast, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery.
were used in the mystery, but it's a mystery to us even. But it's got to be spoken. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which God ordained before the world. So that tells us he's not reacting to our situation. You're like, well, so-and-so used to be a good Christian, but now they're drinking and cavorting and carrying on. God can't be happy with them. Oh, no. He worked that stuff out at the beginning, wrote our names in the Lamb's Book of Life at the beginning. And the only way you can get your mess up is never to get born again and get your name, what the word calls, blotted out of the Lamb's Book of Life. But God's a faith God. He stuck us all in there from the beginning. He, he didn't say, well, we're watching and seeing. We're hoping and praying that, that doodly do will get it, but we don't know yet. Sure he does. He put us all in there. Well, the wisdom of God is in there for now. So he's not reacting to your life. He's not saying, wow, that didn't go like I thought. I, Johnny Bob is just not doing like we thought. We're going to have to redo the wisdom, redo the plan. The plan's in from the beginning. And if we get off the track, which I've done, you've done, we've all done where we got off the track, it just means, it doesn't mean that God's mad. It doesn't mean that you can't get there. It just means you're going to have to take a loop. There'll be suffering in taking the loop and, and dealing with the consequences of getting off plan A to get back into plan A by going around to plan B. That, that's better than it came out, but nevertheless... The Lord's sure about stuff. He's sure. He's, he's not nervous and mixed up. He's sure about this. And that's why the Bible says, I'm getting off here, the, the, what does it say? The, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. The word repentance there is the word change. God doesn't change his mind and say, well, I didn't even get saved. We got to take that apostleship thing off of him. No, you get judged for should have been an apostle. And you just barely went to church or whatever. That calling is there. And the equipment and the, the unction and the, the, uh, the, the, infra, the infrastructure is there. He put people in your life that would cause that thing to go forward. He put funding right there in front of you that an apostle or a prophet or whatever anybody's called to be could just believe him and say, I receive funding for my ministry, for my calling. They never did because they didn't even react to the calling. So it's set. Who you are and what you're supposed to do is set. And how we cooperate and submit to that and seek for it and pursue it determines the success that we'll have. And if you'll get it right the first time, which none of us have done every time, everything will turn out amazing. But if you don't, everything will be still turning <laughs> until you get around the, to the amazing. Oh, anyway, verse 8, which none of the princes knew, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. See, so they thought they knew. Well, I, I, I wrote it down here. What did I say? Uh, and I don't remember, but uh, they read, they read, they were reading the book and they said they know 
the devils thought he knew the ending because he was on chapter four of an eight chapter book. And he said, ah, we got the Lord of glory crucified. It's over. Let's just shut the book because that it can't change. Ah, but you got to read the end of the book. And the end of the book says he was resurrected from the dead and he took us with him in all that life and power. So which none of the princes of this world knew for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Uh, let's get this straight. The devil is a created being. He has none of the attributes of God. Except he's supernatural. He's he's a spirit. But dear Lord, I'm a spirit. How about you? I'm in a body and the devil's not, but uh, I have more rights and privileges and access than he does because I can I have authority on the earth and he does not. Only way he can use his authority is to take my authority and twist it around and, and use me. So uh, the verse seven, back to verse seven, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The New Living says the wisdom we speak is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. Pastor Moss told me one time, he said, the kingdom of heaven is way more developed than we believe. It's not just a, you know, doodle-doodle-doo on the cloud. It's uh, way more developed than what we understand. So the devil, he's limited. He's limited. Uh, He's limited in knowledge. He's limited in understanding. He's limited in space and in power. He can only be at one place at one time. That's why the Lord Jesus himself that was that way. He said, I'm going to go to the Father. And greater works than I do will you do because I do go to the Father. That's because Holy Spirit's not in one place. And he's in us, and now we can be everywhere. But uh, the Lord Jesus could only be in one place, couldn't he? Well, the devil still can only be in one place. And he, he occupies that space, so he has to delegate to his minions, demons, and, and evil spirits and everything. But uh, the devil operates in real time. Not supernatural time, not the end from the beginning time. He's operating in today's Tuesday or whatever, and his day is Tuesday. And he doesn't know about Wednesday until Tuesday's over. We give him way more credit than he actually has. He's having to grind stuff out and crank stuff out concerning events and concerning my words. At any time when, I, when he's got a plot uh, drawn up for me or you, I can change it with my words. My words are the ultimate. And when I speak his word in my words... Heaven has come together with the plan of God that was before the foundation. And suddenly, I've been translated out of the kingdom of this darkness into the kingdom of his dear son experientially in real time. Nothing is, un, is limited against me and you once we agree with heaven. It's only when we're agreeing with the devil. So the, the, the credits, <laughs> the devil didn't wait till the credits ran to to say, I got this. And so you know the story. He rejoiced that, the, that Jesus had been crucified and was laid in the tomb. But when he saw the empty tomb, the devil lost it. It turned out different than he thought. And that's my whole point, is the wisdom of God is turning out different 
the how is turning out different. The end is always, y'all know the word talks about all the glory that the Lord Jesus did in his resurrection. The devil didn't read that part or didn't believe that part. He thought I can uh, short circus this thing. So uh, here's my point. God has always outmaneuvered the devil. And Christmas is proof of that. We're celebrating him. We, we, we sang a song, uh, Oh Holy, was it Oh Holy Night we sang? Silent Night, okay. That's a part of the story. In uh, Micah 5.2, the devil knew Micah 5.2. It says, Oh, but thou Bethlehem, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be the ruler in Israel. So the devil knew that Bethlehem was going to be the birthplace, but guess what he didn't know? He didn't know the timing. He didn't know, he, he couldn't even get it to the nearest 500 years. That's a lot of looking at babies that are born in Bethlehem if you're, if you're trying to uh, snake that out. So he didn't know the time, and so the devil had to surround Bethlehem with demons and put them on watch in order to try to trap the Son of Glory, the Lord of Glory. So all these years, that's what he did. And so the Lord outmaneuvered him. Number one, he chose a couple not from Bethlehem. And you know the story, how he got him to go there for the census because of, uh, of Joseph's family. Uh, he, he masked Mary from being the obvious mother of, uh, of the Lord by having her uh, sully, sullied with her reputation. In other words, God would never use a woman that was with child out of wedlock. Never, the devil said. He had worked out this how business. And so uh, uh, the devil disqualified Mary. The devil missed the angelic visits to Joseph and Mary because he was looking in Bethlehem. The uh, devil moved Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem undercover. He, ne he never knew all those people coming in could be a part of God's plan. In other words, he knew the end, but he was trying to subvert it in the middle. Uh, Jesus was birthed in a stable. That's unacceptable to the devil, to the Lord of glory. Uh, he was surrounded by, the family was surrounded by the lowest of people, the shepherds, Common folks, if you were. Uh, and that was also unacceptable to the devil. Uh, the Magi, the wise men, alerted Herod and said, we're going to Bethlehem. So Herod said, I'll just kill everybody in Bethlehem. I have a scripture that I saw this morning just as a matter of you can tell all your friends. It says in verse uh, 10 of Matthew 2, When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. So this is the Magi. And when they were coming to the house. Ah, oh, that's going to mess up your little manger scene. <laughs> There's no wise men in the stable, is it? It says that he, they came into the house. They saw the young child with Mary's mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened up their treasures, the they there, they say historically, was... 50, 60, 75 people. When they opened unto him, they presented unto him gifts, gold, 
and frankincense and myrrh. Uh, so if you go down in that story, when Herod found out about it, he, what did he do? He sent, he sent his boys to Bethlehem and they killed every child under what? Two years old. So it, there was no manger in that wise men's scene. So the Lord funded, he came to Joseph and he funded him with these three or these 60 or these 75 guys from the east who saw the, the star, which the star has not been seen like that since then, but it is, I read that it's the 20, oh really? Okay, so that, it's not like, well, they saw a bright light and come to find out it was a, on a skyscraper or something. It, it's, uh, it's very supernatural. And so God funded Joseph and Mary to go to Egypt to escape this, this uh, Herod's scourge. He just had them drop off a few gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they were funded to go to Egypt. The devil's never been able to maneuver, outmaneuver the Lord. But we have to cooperate with him because he can outmaneuver you and me if we don't have the wisdom of God to facilitate the will of God in our lives. We got, we got to connect. We got to stay tight. Okay, let me go on here. Uh, the, the, uh, the family returned after the Herod died and they started a carpenter business. Well, that, that's not what the Messiah does. The devil's looking at that and saying, that boy could never be it because he's a carpenter's boy. And so the point is, is the devil has lost Jesus. He's lost him. And he doesn't seem until he comes into the open. And so Jesus was very normal. Y'all, he was completely normal. The devil couldn't find him because he was so normal. Uh, John 1.29 says where John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. That's the first time that the devil saw the Lord Jesus come into focus. And he had, no, he had no plan. He had no strategy. He had not, he'd laid all this stuff, how he was going to do it, but he was out of timing for all of that stuff. Um, Colossians 1.27 says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It was a mystery. Jesus was going to do it all and set up his kingdom, and all of a sudden, he went to heaven and all of us got Christ in us. It's amazing. One more scripture, and that's back in Romans chapter 8. Praise God. I told you I'd get Jesus in here. Christmas in here. We ministered on this back in 2015. If you're thinking, I think I've heard that before. Ah, you'd forgot it. So I knew I could bring it up and you'd never care. Yes. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The word says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the mystery is in us. Then if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon, don't y'all just love that in the... Yeah. 
in the Bible, a good old country term, I reckon. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature, creation is the word, waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. The we says, for the concentrated and undivided expectation of the creation, I like this, is assiduously <laughs> and patiently waiting the revelation of the sons of God. So what's the point here? We've been hidden just like the Lord Jesus was. The devil never suspected, oh, rough and rowdy you and me. Oh, going down the devil's path. Oh, lost as a goose in a snowstorm. Never suspected that we were powerful because we were anything but powerful. Never thought we'd have the wisdom of God when we were doing foolish things and running around and not running around. He never saw it coming, just like he didn't in the Lord Jesus. But here we are, the manifestation of the sons of God. Here we are. Now, the only one that won't believe that now is you and me. Who's going to doubt that? Me. Because I don't feel like that. And my start wasn't that. And my circumstances wasn't that. I'm like Gideon. I'm the least in my father's house who is the least in his house and of the least tribe. No good thing that can come out of Michael Billings or out of Lynn Holmes or out of all of us. And if we believe that, well, then... We're hidden, we're cloaked, and we're living in real time. And the devil says, I can take care of everything in real time. But here's the truth. There's a pathway hidden for us. And nobody knows it's there. Not even me. Not even you. When I came to Alabama, I thought I knew. Because this and that, and of course this, and of course it'll be this way and that way. It has been anything but that. It was hidden from me. And it would have bounced a lot of guys out to say, I can't wait that long. But the Lord Jesus waited for 30 years. He was a normal, regular guy for 30 years. Nothing was going to happen with him until suddenly, boom, the plan and the will of God that was hidden came up. And defeated the devil. Well, you and I are going to be even more used because we've said yes to the, the little days. We will say yes to the great days. And it's in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory is in you. It's hidden because we are clothed in these normal, regular bodies and minds that have this education and learn that and have a bad habit of this and kind of quirky on that. And we seem so ordinary even to ourselves. But that's not the part that wins. The part that wins is inside. And that's trained. And that's powerful. And that's willing and obedient. And that's potential. So if you'll believe that, you'll be just like the Lord Jesus was when he went stealth under the radar for the kingdom of God. The key for us, and we're doing this, but you need not, we both need to do it more. We need to pray out the plan more. All things work together for good. 
is according to praying out the plan. You go, well, God will just do it. Well, that's not using the wisdom of God. He is going to do it. But he, the second verse to God supplies all my need is what am I going to, what's my first step? Bring you all the tithes in the storehouse and God's going to do it. Yeah, that's the potential. That's the plan. That's the end. But then there's some steps in between. I got to bring my tithe in and I got to get in faith about it. And I was reading something this morning some, that somebody that I really loved and respected was saying, well, you know the tithe. If you don't bring it, you're cursed. Well, see, that's not New Testament. That's not New Covenant. That's, we never say that verse, verse 8. We never say it because it's Old Testament. Is that right? We're not cursed. We, can just, we just can cooperate by bringing the tithe and submit ourselves, but we're not cursed if we don't. We're never cursed. We're never, ever cursed. There is no judgment in the earth against us except seed time and harvest. If you sow to the flesh, the Bible says you're going to reap of the flesh corruption. But after that, so it's hidden in us. So let's hit 2021 saying, I got this. Let's raise the rod in front of the sea, which we don't know what's going to happen to the sea. Did y'all know Moses did not know? God didn't just say, hey, I pull this lever and watch me open the sea. He just raised his rod and suddenly the end of the promise, I will deliver thee, the path for that came open. But Moses didn't know what that path was. And the people sure didn't know. And, Moses, and Pharaoh didn't know. But it worked. And it'll work for you. And if you think that what you used to get from God and how he delivered this and how he always does it, then you're an old dog that won't hunt. He's got new stuff for this day. Because you and I couldn't handle the old days. He wanted a better plan back in the day, but we were carnal. We were lazy. We were uninterested. We thought it all works out the same for everybody. Just do the best you can. Keep your nose clean and don't get in trouble. And now we know that's not true. God wants to use me. He wants to use you. I say yes. <laughs> So, Lord, we do say yes at River Church. We say yes. We thank you, Lord, everybody that's listening today, that you can say yes. Yes to the will of God. Yes to not knowing the how, but being willing to know the what. The promises are so real, we don't even dare wonder how that promise could come to pass. It's so supernatural, we could stagger at it. But right now, Lord, we just say, uh, my job, my, my job, my lane is to believe the word and have an expected end. We release our future to you, Lord Jesus. Work it out. We know you are. We say thank you. We say we're grateful. We say what a ride on earth we are having watching you unfold your word in our lives. We love you, Lord. Thank you for blessing River Church, blessing what we put our hand to. It'll prosper. And thank you, Lord, for having a, making a way for us and for everyone that where there seems to be no way. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Isn't Jesus wonderful? Hallelujah. Well, you know, when you hear this, it just makes you want to load up. It makes you want to believe him more. It makes you want to say, now that I'm not on that lane of having to know how, I can devote myself to believing. Amen. Amen.
Got one more service this year. Hallelujah. And for our, for our online listeners, we will not be here Wednesday or Wednesday week. So if you tune in, it's going to be... Mm. <laughs> God bless you. I bless you because the Holy Ghost has blessed us. And he's making our hand to prosper in everything we do. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Amen. Amen.